Good day, and welcome to Our Power is Within, a weekly podcast that I hope will inspire you to take your power back and discover beautiful sources of self-healing that resonate with your heart. I'm your host, Chasmith, aka Just Chaz. <laughs> so, how was this last week? Did you guys take me up on the challenge and do something to make someone else smile? Did you smile in the process? What made your heart sing this week? What brought you immeasurable joy? I truly would love to hear all about it. So shoot me a DM or an email and share the good stuff. (laughs) And this week, my challenge is for you to do heart-focused breathing. Eyes open or close, whatever feels most appropriate for you, but you place your hand on your heart. And you imagine breathing directly into and out of that heart center, inhaling for a count of three, four, or five seconds. And while you're inhaling, imagining breathing in self-compassion. And then you exhale the same length as the inhale. Once again, through the heart center, And you exhale compassion for someone else you love. See if you can do this for three minutes. And if you can do it once a day, then that's an bonus wins. (laughs) But even if you do it once, that's a win. So you celebrate yourself. Oh, and you know what? If you actually want to, take it one step further. I love this. Find a buddy who will commit with you and then plan to do it at the same time together. You don't need to be together. You just need to do it at the same time from wherever you each are at. And then what you actually do is you breathe into your heart center, self-compassion for yourself, and you exhale that self-compassion for your buddy. And they do the same thing for you. I actually recently did this with one of my friends and it was so powerful. I, um, my heart felt more coherence than any other time I have done this alone. It was so much fun. What a wonderful bond and connection it also makes with a friend or a loved one. Plus it's kind of nice having an accountability buddy. So give it a try. Let me know how it goes and have fun with it because you're worth it. You really are. You are worth your own compassion, your own care, and you are worth giving yourself the gift of three minutes of your time to spend with your own heart. And speaking of self-worth, compassion, and hearts, I'm actually really excited for the chat I'm sharing with you guys today. Our guest is a wonderful guy from Boston. His name is Nick Shrewsbury. I really honestly love everything about this discussion, you guys. I believe that Nick has a beautiful perspective on life, heart, love, and his relationship with himself. But as you will learn throughout this story, this perspective did not come easy, and it was something he had to carve out and learn through his healing journey. He has some wonderful metaphors of his journey, and as you listen to him speak, you can just feel his passion his compassion, and his gentleness with himself. We talk about everything from radical acceptance of what is, learning to find joy in the simplest things, learning how to receive life and what it takes to shift from a life path that's not aligned to your truth and stepping into one's authentic self and discovering that when we operate from within our authenticity, we are really able to tap into what lights us up and brings us all the juicy passion. Nick talks about how he attributes the bulk of his healing to learning how to accept himself, to release the walls of resistance, and how over time, as he continues to grow emotionally on this journey, the physical symptoms start to recede. One of his biggest resources of inspiration on this journey was a woman named Tara Brock. I will provide links in the show notes for Tara if you want to look further into her work. 
I will also provide links in the show notes for how you can get in touch with Nick if his message resonates with you and you want to reach out to him. He's currently coaching individuals who want to build fulfilling relationships founded on a strong internal connection. And he offers free discovery sessions so people can get a sense of how he operates as a coach. All right, guys, as Nick says in the end of our interview, our discussion, magic is real and I believe it. It's everywhere when we are looking for it. And I hope this episode and this discussion brings you a little magic today. So let's go ahead and welcome Nick to the show. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here today. Hey, Jasmine. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So I am really excited to share. Well, I'm really excited to allow you to share your story with the listeners. Yeah, I'm excited to chat. (laughs) <laughs> I know that I actually, I actually don't know much about your story. I know you, um, you and I briefly communicated and you very briefly told me a little bit about your journey, but it's all new to me. So I'm really excited to learn, uh, along the way. So I really just want to jump right in and give the floor to you and okay. let you talk about whatever you feel comfortable talking about, kind of from, you know, where it began, where, whatever, you know, talk about what you've experienced physically, the pain, the dis-ease in your body, and um, what approaches you took. Feel free to be as detailed as you want as far as what you did that didn't work, and then what really, really made a difference for you. Yeah, cool. Yeah, okay. Uh so I, I went on the full Lyme adventure <laughs> um, and I had the whole, uh, I had the full party experience. Um, I had a, like a number of tick-borne infections. It was like uh, Lyme, Babesia, Bartonella. And obviously like, I mean, the tests for those aren't great, but I was, you know, I was shelling out to do the, <laughs> the hygienics and all the, the nicer tests. And um, so that was the the sort of diagnosis um Mm. the symptom itself was uh the main one was like nerve pain all throughout my legs so it was like to the point and this was like a two-year healing process it was to the point where like i like just standing was really painful so like i would before this i was like i was doing all these body things so i was like teaching yoga and i was working on a farm doing like uh, medicinal herbs growing them and then this sort of experience happened and i was just like okay everything stop <laughs> um you did know, like, you sorry to interrupt yeah, did you um do you actually recall getting bit by ticks or no is this just completely news to you yeah, I definitely was bitten by ticks. I grew up um, like half an hour north of Boston, and I mean, I, like, I mean, I definitely remember through my adolescence getting bitten many times. And the summer before this experience happened, this was back in 2015, um, that I was in the middle of this healing. Um, I had been working at a like a timber framing place, and then also when I was doing the medicinal herbs too, like I, I was out in like out in the gardens and. Um, I was definitely alert to ticks, but I had gotten bitten. Yeah. So you basically had been bitten throughout your life, but never really thought anything of it, never worried about it. And earlier on, never had symptoms. And then all of a sudden you started getting symptoms. And then as you went down the rabbit hole of figuring out why the (laughs) symptoms were occurring, they discovered that, or they quoted it to be Lyme disease. Yes, I had done oh. courses of doxycycline before when I had gotten bitten, and I actually had had uh, I had had like a significant sort of Lyme experience before, where I got like you know the hundred and three degree fever and the whole thing. Um, oh, when how old were you when you first had symptoms? Um, I probably honestly I I don't know specifically that one, but I was younger. I was probably like twelve. 13. Okay. And how old were you when you actually got, when it got to the point where you actually had to start really addressing it? I was 25. Okay. 2015. I'm 30 now. So you went through a long time where it was just, um, you know, manageable, tolerable, where you weren't thinking, oh, I have Lyme disease right now. Yeah. So originally the doxycycline course I did, I think it was a three week course. It like totally took care of it. No problems. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as far yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just say that it, it totally took care of it. And, 
So later, I actually though, like since my symptom was just this nerve pain, I went to like, I went on a, it was a year just to get diagnosed as Lyme, which I, mm. I know like a lot of people have <laughs> experience because it, it, it's such an adaptable thing and it just goes to all these different, I mean, it just attacks connective tissue in so many different forms. Right. Um, the symptoms really vary. And so mine, mine was that, that like nerve pain experience. Okay. Um, and, and I had doctor, like they just told me so many different things. What it ended up being classified was, was like atypical plantar fasciitis, um, which didn't even cover most of the symptoms. So they were like, yeah, that's what it is. Um, so I kind of, I, I ended up journeying to a lot of different people. Um, I, I did like, uh, I saw a bunch of different doctors. I saw physical therapists, um, naturopath. I did a, like, and by the time I was at the naturopath, I had like, we did a bunch of tests with her. And, and I honestly, it was just my own feeling. I was just like, I need to get tested for Lyme. And, and all the doctors were like, no, it's, it's definitely not that. <laughs> mm, okay. uh, all the medical doctors, they were like, absolutely not. Don't even go there. <laughs> and uh, I, I do think that, that some like tradi traditional, I don't know if traditional is the right word, but like, it's, I think the terms allopathic doctors are awesome, really awesome. Um, I also think sometimes they're, they, you know, sometimes the textbook lags behind sort of the, the developments, the newer research that's coming out. And also I think yes. that they can be limited by, uh, you know, if the textbook says it's one thing, then that's absolutely how it is. But, but you can see two different doctors and like I did, and, and they would tell me, give me two completely different opinions about mm -hmm. my symptoms. And, and I think sometimes it's just like some symptoms fall in a gray area where it's just like, it fall, it fell on me to really trust my own intuition and say, Hey, and find a naturopath who was ready to go dive in with me with testing. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and I did that. And then, and then I got like some pretty conclusive tests. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because yeah. in a lot of ways, in my experience and um, the, the research I've done, the people I've talked to, just, uh, I've, I've, I find that a lot of times it's almost, <laughs> we all, we want that diagnosis so bad. We're, we get, we get to that point mm -hmm. where we so badly want a, an explanation or a reason to justify why we're feeling what we're feeling. Yeah. But sometimes I've learned that it's almost just better to not have the diagnosis because mm -hmm in some level, some people can, they get the diagnosis and that's, it's, it becomes so definitive, like, oh, I have this. And then, you know, the myths or the stories around it are, well, you just have to learn to be comfortable with it. You just have to learn to live with it. You're going to have to adapt, you know? So almost sometimes the diagnosis doesn't leave a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that that sometimes, uh, yeah, there's almost like a spec. This my experience was like there's there's a spectrum with healing, and like you can look at healing as a very concrete thing, and you, you look in a book and you find the the answer, and you you know you find the steps, you apply them, and then it happens. And sometimes it does happen like that, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's a yeah, it's a wild ride, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. it's it's a different uh, it's it's I mean in my experience in my case it it kind of was asking me to go on a journey. And yeah, that, that's what ultimately happened. Nice. Okay. So where where we go from here? You you finally you had this intuition to get tested because you started realizing all these doctors have different opinions, and then yeah. you go back to regular medicine and get tested. Yeah. So it was the point where a doctor suggested that I I could possibly cut the fascia off the bottom of my feet. <laughs> That I was like, you know what? That's absolutely insane. <laughs> oh, no. I cannot. That can't be a real suggestion. No, the fashion's <laughs> there for a reason. <laughs> I can, are you? Yeah, that can't be actually a thing. Like, I, I can think, like, that is insane. There must be better options out there. Um, and, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so there was there was this whole cycle of, like... I did a year of antibiotics and herbs with the naturopath and in there was like homeopathy, Reiki, shamanism, yoga, uh, this magnetic protocol that's wild, um, but pretty cool. And, but I think, I think like underlying all that was like, there was a metamorphosis that was happening in me and in how I just conceived of this process of healing. Mm -hmm. and 
on a, like just on a fundamental level, I, I think so much of how I had approached life up to that point, like it, it became an emotionally healing journey. Mm-hmm, um, absolutely. And I, I don't know, honestly, I'm, I'm forgetting a, a little bit about what we've, we've covered, but like, I do think that sometimes it, it can, it can just be like a physical healing and like healing doesn't have to be an emotional journey. Like, um, I think sometimes there, there can be like, like, a a victimization around that of like, oh, I just, you know, I need, one day I'm going to heal all my things, all my stuff, you know, and then I'm going to be physically healed. And that, that can become sort of a pressure that we put on ourselves sometimes, I think, in the process of healing. But it's all, it was also very true that like, this was absolutely an emotional metamorphosis for me. And I'm, I'm honestly really grateful that it happened. It totally changed me. I love the word metamorphosis. Yeah. I feel like we're in a collective metamorphosis right now. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely <laughs> we're in the, the the womb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I hope. I hope we are. I hope Me we're too. at least that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, doctor, you knew Doctor Bruce Lipton. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. He's yeah. like the biology, like cell. I, I don't remember exactly. Epigenetics yeah, specialist. Yeah. No, I was just saying he gave this great example once talking about us being in a metamorphosis and I'm totally um, digressing here, but yeah, it's just, it. it's awesome because it's, I never le- knew quite so much as what he explained about the life of a caterpillar and their characteristics. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how a caterpillar is all about like kind of in a sense, destruction, like everything that they touch, they eat, you know, they're just mm, like, what a, you yeah. know, digging in, eating and like destroying in a sense. And then they go into this womb and when they come out of this womb, they become this, mo- the most complete opposite of what they started as this beautiful, <laughs> like yeah. just essence that just floats around and does no harm and only creates good, you know? So it's just this, I never learned that part about the um, caterpillar. And when, when he kind of explained that about where we're at with humanity and all, I was like, oh, this is genius. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah, I just yeah. want to get to the beautiful floating around where everything I do is good. <laughs> we, we all do, right? But there's, yeah. um, there's a lot of work to be done in that, Can't in that say middle I'm there. Round. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so I know that, so you're saying this was like a major, you know, emotional kind of metamorphosis for you. And what were the catalysts? Because we could, you know, yeah, there's the physical stuff. And for me, on some levels, I personally believe that a lot of the reasons often that the physical stuff works is because of the placebo effect. Like I think when we really believe something's working, that power belief is changing the, um, the, the, the brain pathways in and of itself, creating space for healing to occur, to allow it, you know, but I definitely, um, in my experience have seen more often than not that there is always an emotional, uh, component as well. Yeah. We are emotional beings. Yeah. And so what tools really, what tools worked for you to help aid you in that emotional metamorphosis, as you call it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a thing that's striking me right now, like I want to, I want to talk about the, you know, the tools that work for me and like the steps that I took that worked. Um, and I think sometimes when I think about doing that, it, it like it has this feeling of a clear path. But I think the first sort of thing that resonates for me in like conceiving of my journey was, was that like, it was not perfect and it was, it felt like a total mess <laughs> and perfect. like, and damn, that was okay. Like, and, and it is, and, and like mm-hmm. it, it always kind of is that way. Like I think on, probably for being honest or if I'm being honest with myself, like the mess is there. I, I think it's more my relationship to the, the, the chaos of it all the beautiful Mm -hmm. journeying chaos um, that also sparks like wonder and beauty and magic. Um, Mm. And and it's something that I'm not necessarily in control of. Uh, I'm not in control of it. Um, And that's really, that was really hard. And and it is really hard when you're sick and you're in pain and you're up against uncertainty and you don't know if it's going to get better. Like I just remember these times of like sitting and just feeling the vast gulf of uncertainty that was in front of me. Mm-hmm. and and it was so and like and and then it was like like just learning that 
that's okay. And, and I can, I think the shift for me was like learning that I can hold a space of love for myself and my heart and to know that I'm good no matter what is happening mm. around me. Um, it was like when you talked about like a caterpillar and like that, that like destruction process, like the destruction process for me was like, um, it just, this, this experience removed so many of the ways that I, uh, escape is the word that was, that's coming to my mind right now, but like all these stressful habits and plans that I had for who I needed to be and, um, how I needed to be in this world. Like whether that was, I had all these big plans to be, um, you know, to do a PhD in psychology and to, um, and not that that's not a great thing just for me like that. And, and also like I had all these, these ideas around like my relationships with people that I really needed to, to take, spend a lot of energy to take care of them. And I just, I, I just couldn't anymore. And mm -hmm. I, it really asked me to pay attention to the things that I was, the ways that I was behaving in the world. And, and it was just, I mean, it had destroyed all of those things. <laughs> right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it kind of, it's like, it kind of shattered all the things, the, the identity or the goals or the things that you thought you had to do, should do, needed to do. It kind of put all that in question in a sense, because it, yeah. it kind of made it for a while where you just couldn't do those things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the only thing that was left to me in that, I mean, the, like, that's a strong, this is strong phrasing, but like, at that time, I, I think the one resource that I had and the, the thing that I had control over was like, how am I going to perceive this and how am I going to uh, like exist with it in my body? And, mm -hmm. and I don't want to exist in a space of despair with this experience. And, and I also don't want to um, be, I don't want to be beating myself up while I'm in this experience. Like there's things I can't control in some days, like, the best thing or like the highlight I, of my day was like going and laying in a sunbeam, you know, like that was, that was it. And, and can I find joy in that? Is that okay? And mm. yes, it, it is. And so you learn to find joy in the simplicity. Definitely. And you said you got to a point where you didn't want to just, where you learned how to exist with it, but you didn't want to exist with it in despair. So to me, that really sounds yeah, I mean that you made a cho you were making a conscious choice to yeah. accept what was and to learn how to have the find the joy even if it meant just laying in grass under the sun. Yeah. And and I think there was always there was always a feeling in me of like I know that this is this is teaching me something. I like I know it. You held on to that belief that this was there I definitely, for a reason. Yeah, I definitely held on to that belief. Did you ever get to a place where you just were, where you just made a choice that you were going to heal, but like maybe not like a timeline or put that pressure that yeah. it had to happen in a certain way, but did you ever have this, this decision, this affirmative decision where you were like, I'm, I'm going to heal. That's not a question. That's a great question. Um, and I, the answer is yes, but for me, it was more like a, it was more of a slow burn um, mm -hmm. or more, more of like a, um, it was a gradual process of like, of dropping in. And, and mm -hmm. I think my first step with that was to say, hey, I can love my heart even here. Yeah. Um, so what was your sources of inspiration? Because these are big changes. You have this, it seems to me like you have this idea of this life you want to live and how much energy you need to put into people and that you need to do this PhD. And you have this like, you know, kind of rigid set of like this direction you're headed. Then you end up with this pain. It kind of shatters all those things for the, you know, what might be at the time thought of as just short term. But what, what inspired you to get to this point? Because learning how to say, I'm not going to fight this. I'm going to exist with this and I'm not going to be in despair. I'm going to choose to find simple joy. Like what inspired you to get to that mindset? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. One of the key, so one of the key teachers or, or like processes that I worked with was this teacher named Tara Brock. Um, and she's a, she's a Buddhist meditation teacher. Um, 
and like uh, she wrote a book called uh, Radical Acceptance. Hmm. Um, this idea, uh, hmm, she starts that book with a quote from Viktor Frankl. Um, and the quote is, uh, between the stimulus and the response is a space. And in that space is our power and our freedom. Hmm. And that, that quote really struck me and, and just kind of her exploration of this idea that even like, no matter what the, the stimulus is in, the, in life or the circumstance, there's this space before we react and we can step into that space and create a lot of, or experience a lot of beauty. And she had, she had a number of, she has a number of meditations for that, but one of them is this meditation called rain. Um, and you can, it's on, um, it's on audible. It's really easy to find or even YouTube. Okay. Um, but it's this process of, of learning to recognize and like really allow what's, what's already inside of us to be there. And mm -hmm more than like trying to get to the goal of like, I want to feel better or I want to, I want to, you know, if it's an overt thing, like I want to be healthy or if it's an inner thing of like, I just want to feel more peaceful. I don't want to mm -hmm. be in emotional pain. Um, that, that, that process really starts with allowing what's already present in a paradoxical way. So we're no longer in a battle with ourselves. Right. And that was very empowering. Uh, you're not I, resisting. Say that again? Yeah, you're not resisting anymore then. Yeah, right. not resisting and and also not like, uh, totally, not, not fighting with myself. Um, finding the space where, where I can align and, and feel like, like no, because I, I mean, honestly, for me and, and honestly for other people that I've spoken with, um, I think sometimes in this healing process there can be a, a frustration with the body or the fact that we're mm -hmm. that we're ill or, or aren't feeling yeah. well and mm -hmm. finding that space of of like alliance with the body with the heart with who we are um is very transformational absolutely so y you did then use uh tara Bach as a as a reference, you read, it sounds like you read her book, you did some of her meditations. Yeah. Was it really then just kind of getting immersed in that, in those principles that you feel like were a huge catalyst for that emotional journey? I think, I, I mean, like that rain meditation is, like, <laughs> it's simple. It's very simple, but it's, it, it's extremely profound. And that was like, that was the catalyst. I did that every day. Um, and, and I think the other catalyst for me was, I, I mean, one, I guess a couple of things, one, <laughs> just on a practical level, I just gave myself permission that like, I'm going to have to spend money to deal with this like a lot and it's okay to do that. Um, which is, it's a very basic thing, but like, there's an element there. Like I, I had to let go of, uh, I, I had these feelings of shame or irresponsibility that I was like, I was just just throwing money <laughs> at you know, anything that felt like it was going to help. And, and I just had, I had to be okay. Like that, my, like health is absolutely the first priority and it's totally okay if I do this and like, just to, to, to allow, but also transform. Like sh I, I felt shame around that, that I was like not being physically responsible even though you were investing in your own well-being. Yes, totally. And, yeah. and what a weird uh, or painful uh, kind of belief to hold. You know, like right. There's definitely yeah, self-worth pieces in there. Um, right. That yeah, I'm, you're I'm not worth even feeling money. worthy of like spending money on yourself to be healthy or well. What is that saying about your, you know, you're not really telling your, your body a story like that you're deserving to be well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So you did this meditation every day. Yep. I would do it every morning. Every morning. She was an inspiration. You were saying this is like an emotional metamorphosis. I'm just going to kind of um, summarize it, especially for the listeners, and just to make sure we're on board here. Uh, it seems to me that what this did was 
it seems like it just helped you to develop or shift your relationship with you, you know, releasing the shame around investing in yourself, learning acceptance, not resisting, not having that frustration or judgment towards the pain and learning to just find that simple joy. Yes, definitely. Uh, Like along with this process, I was like, I was doing lots of different kinds of treatments, but Ultimately, at the end of the day, like there was a point where like, I mean, my, <laughs> you know, my naturopath was like, okay, I think we should do more antibiotics. I was already on like two or three plus like so many herbs that I was taking, you know, three or four times a day. And uh, there was a point where I just, it was just like, I, this, this path of like, let's just hit it as hard as we can with all the all the, you know, biotic or antibiotic things um, just isn't, isn't really making sense. And, and this, like, this metamorphosis, like, there was a point where I started giving myself permission to really explore the things that, that I was really passionate about and, and to follow what, what felt really juicy for me, not just in terms of, like, what I was... Um, what I, you know, in terms of treatments, but also in terms of like, what really feels authentic and and passionate? What do I want my life to be about? And what do I want to create and and experience in this world that's that's full of things that I don't even, don't even know about yet. Um, and, And I think that was probably the other big component was in that process of exploring other uh my passions that like i started to create a vision of a future that i that i really wanted to heal for it felt mm-hmm. really really juicy and mm-hmm. it was something that i really wanted to step into i mean i mean and, and just like the metaphor of like this lime thing that just like literally stopped me in my tracks like i can't walk and mm-hmm cannot walk forward in my life. And it was also at a time where I just felt this intense crossroads of, I was just like, I don't know how to live really in a way that feels aligned for me. Um, it just forced me to stop and, and really reevaluate how am I living and, and why is this painful? And do I have to be racing to this horizon? Like, am I, am I actually in danger in this moment? And, um, mm. and what's yes. true? So you really just be, you know, in your healing journey, what sounds like is you became more aligned with who you really are, your authentic self and having this vision of this life. And it gave you this passion because you, it was this juicy future that you wanted to live for. Yeah. Uh, do you know doc, the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza? Uh, I've heard the name, but no, I don't. Yeah. He talks about that all the time, which is you, you, I mean, you have to be passionate about this, this future that you want to create, like it get just the sheer act of Mm. being excited about it, but also being excited and knowing it's aligned, you know? And it seems like that's a huge shift from the stress or pressure of feeling like you have to do certain things because it's the goals versus being genuinely excited for this direction you're headed because of things you get to do that are more aligned with you. Yes, Totally. Um, I mean, that's a huge shift. It it was a big shift. And I I think there's a fundamental why behind that, that question of like, I think before that I was just like, I was so upset that I was not healthy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just, I was like, oh, it's just a given that I, you know, of course I want to not, I want to not be in pain. Um, But that, that wasn't really you know, something that felt transformational for me, what, what felt transformational for me was stepping into these, I started doing all these trainings in, uh, you know, forms of yoga, shamanism, tantra, um, and experiencing these, these different visions of life. And also honestly being in communities where other people are like, (laughs) they're alive and they want to live. Um, Mm -hmm. like I, I always, I always wanted to live, but like, just where they're like, they're hungry for life and they're, you know, to catch sparks from communities is a really valuable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just to put myself in those environments and, and to soak that up. Um, and, I, and I think that ultimately created 
an experience for me where I just kept coming up to this question of like, why is it that I want to, to be in this world? And, and why is it that I want to, to be healthy? Like if I'm healthy, what am I going to do with it? How does that, you know, am, am I just going to go and do something that's really stressful and that I don't like? <laughs> yeah. Fall back that's into not, the old routines. That's not very motivating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're doing something totally different though. Um, did you get to a point where you realized that all those big goals that you thought were being trampled over or that you were, that were being taken from you? Did you get to a point where you realized they weren't really even the goal to begin with? The PhD yes. or are you still yes, going down definitely. that path? I'm not. Um, at this point, like my passion is supporting individuals to align with a life that is, you know, fills them with juice and verve and vitality. Um, Absolutely. And the pieces for me for that were not a PhD in psychology. Um, Though I think that can be a really great path. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so now the focus has shifted. And there there was a shifting point there where it it was once I started to become clear on the way that I was, I was already in conflict with myself and I could feel that, that kind of that tendency to, to mm, kind of engage in other people's dreams, I suppose, like mm-hmm. live for some, some idea of life that, that didn't really fill me with excitement. Right. Um, that, yeah, I, I started to feel the, like what is possible? Right, <laughs> it's yeah. possible. I mean, it was, it sounds a bit silly, but it was profound for me to realize that there are things in this life that I can bring me deep joy and deep satisfaction. I mean, I was a, and can be really fun. Like, I think I was a kid, like I, I had known fun, but I think I, I was a very sensitive child. And, and um, I think so much of my, my growing up experience had been a process where I I just felt so inundated by the emotions of other people and also mm-hmm. by, you know, kind of the ideals of other people in my environment that I, I was just always working towards these, these ideas that, that didn't really bring me joy and, and to find that I could really feel safe in my body and could lean into things that, that felt deeply fulfilling uh, was really eye-opening. Um, I didn't yeah. really, I didn't know that that, I didn't know what I didn't know, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> it seems um, so obvious, but yet it's not. It's so sometimes. simple, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow, that's awesome. And so oh, do you, so it seems to me like, if I'm hearing you correct, there was this point where you kind of, in this metamorphosis, there's this point where you just learn acceptance to exist, to not resist, um, to not, you know, resist the pain and all that. You're finding simple joys, even if it's lying outside, like you said. And then it seems like eventually you continue to do this work and you get to this point where now you also are feeling good enough where you can enroll in, like you said, yoga or shamanic experiences and learn. And now you're also you're, I'm imagining at this point you are still would consider yourself at that point still healing as you enroll in some of these courses and start really immersing yourself in these passions. Yes, totally. Yeah. Okay. But you were good and you felt well enough to do these things, but you definitely were still on that journey. I, yeah, definitely. I felt well enough. Um, you know, there was some low energy and maybe a bit of brain fog. Um, but it was just so how like, how did you handle that? Did you just honor your truth and whatever you could give each day is what you gave and you didn't, you know, and, and whatever you couldn't give was also okay. Yes, totally. Um, mm-hmm. really deciding to like, and I think that was part of like the, it was like these limitations, like they don't define me, but I'm going to really honor them and, and I'm going to really honor what I deeply need. And mm-hmm. There's a, there's a big message around self-worth in that for sure, especially in like a public setting of like, you know what, whatever I need is okay and I'm going to get it. Um, yeah. In an assertive and honest way. 
Um, yeah. Yes. And I relate to so much of this. I know, I know this was such a huge shift for me learning if one day I was so low energy, it was instead of thinking of all the things I couldn't do or being mad that I felt that way today, it was, yay, I get to go lay in my hammock and read a book today, you know, (laughs) and just -hmm. celebrating those little wins. And, and yeah, and you, and what you talk about how you're still healing, but you decide you have this idea of what sounds juicy in this future you want to create. And then you take the steps to go into these classes and these roles, knowing that you're still going to honor your truth. I think that's a huge thing for the listeners to hear, because I think something that I know I've experienced um, myself and what I've heard through other people experience is I think sometimes um, we almost we're we're, we're somewhere in the healing journey and we we're we're not where we're 100 percent. But yet sometimes I find myself in the past and maybe other people where they where we still kind of hold back from really stepping into some of these things, these passions that are calling us. And I know for a while, I kind of felt like I couldn't go do all those things until I was a hundred percent because I didn't want to be able to like, what if one day I didn't feel up to it, you know? And then it was learning, no, I don't have to wait to be fully healed to fully live because I personally think healing is a lifelong journey. You know, I might be symptom free physically, but forever I'm on a path of, of remembering who I am and, um, coming into that that deep, the, you know, even a deeper authenticity, but yeah, I'm, I just, I think that's great that you got to that point where you realize I don't have to wait until I'm a hundred percent to immerse myself in these passions and do these things because life is for living and we have to live along the way. Yeah. I fully agree with that. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. The, yeah, it's like, it's believing that there's a, there's a beautiful future that's possible. And, and I think honestly us, the, like the shift in like simply the brain from like this idea of what is, you know, if I, I was walking around for a while, just thinking healing's not possible. And mm-hmm. yeah, well, and if you think that it's not going to be totally. And, and I think that there's yeah. a lot of messages oftentimes with chronic illness that can reinforce that. And you can yeah, find, absolutely. you can find them in a lot of different places. Um, but at the same time, if you look, you can also find people who have healed and, and they, there's like a point where, and this isn't, it's, you know, it's, it's a point where you just come to this decision of like, mm, do I, you know, which one do I want to live in? <laughs> mm-hmm. And the difference in your, just in your operating system between this is a possible thing. It may be hard, but it, it can happen. You will find answers for that and they will they will come and mm-hmm. versus you know just like writing it off or accepting you know what you're told mm-hmm. absolutely well yeah it, like how you brought up the brain it, this is what's happening when you start to write new stories when you start to have this relationship with yourself when you start to make different choices you are literally changing the chemistry of the brain you know you're creating new pathways totally and we're writing a new story. Yeah, and writing a new experience. And mm-hmm. and I think also to what you're saying about like going to do something or that feeling like you need to be 100% ready. The I mean one aspect I think of like leaning into something that's unfamiliar is like I think that's why for me it was so important to develop like I, I had to develop this relationship with myself first where yes. I was really loving myself through the challenges and for a while that was just that was just loving myself in the midst of this tangly pain that I didn't know what to do with um but then as i as I started to feel there were possibilities for you know what I wanted to live for and like to have a better sense of what those were and this process really helped me to identify them yes. um, there was it it also helped me when I was leaning in saying, "I don't know." If I'm going to do this well, I, I don't know if, you know, if I'm doing, let's say it's a yoga teacher training or, or some kind of class or course, um, or even just like, you know, traveling. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the things that I want to do. And, and like, 
I can love you in the middle of that. And, and but mm-hmm. st- we're still going to do it. <laughs> we're going to get things out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you brought up traveling. I, I spent a half year traveling um, in 2019 and it was a very mm. interesting experience traveling through um, through the experiences that I was having physically. And it was the same thing. It was, I'm going to go do this. And this is my journey. Like I was very, very clear that I, this was my journey into self-love. Like I was doing this to love me and I was so open to whatever it looked like, you know, and it, and I mean, yeah, sure. I'm a human. So I had ideas of what I wanted it to look like or what I thought it would look like. And it looked nothing like I expected Mm. it to. And it was completely perfect and okay. Where did you go and how was it different? Throughout Central America. Yeah. Yeah. And because it's a lot of it was, um, because I was still very in the, um, I was still dealing with a lot of physical ailments. So, you know, there was just a lot of maybe adventurous um, activities and things that Mm. I would normally engage in or want to do that I had to not do, make a choice not to do. You know, I I spent a lot of time in hammocks, a lot of time reading, a lot of time just resting or connecting with people. So yeah, it just shifted the whole experience. You know, it wasn't all about like jumping off waterfalls and hiking up big (laughs) volcanoes and, and that was okay. Yeah. You you find the different, you find different experiences. You do. And they're all beautiful, but that acceptance piece is so huge. Yeah. Yeah. And how you said, I'm going to do this yoga thing and I don't know if it's going to be perfect or how it's going to be, but all of that, that embracing that willingness to embrace whatever is and not place that expectation that you need to show up perfectly is a huge I, component. Yeah. I fully how, agree. Yeah. How much lighter does that feel than the burden of carrying around this need for something different? Yeah, totally. And this pressure for things to all turn out in some crystallized idea of perfection mm-hmm. and, and not feeling not, you know, like losing the feeling of the experience because, and I, and honestly my connection with my own heart, because I'm, you know, I'm like grasping onto this idea of, you know, I need to be able to do everything perfectly <laughs> the first right. time, you know, like, it's like so unrealistic, so um, unrealistic. any, any, for anybody <laughs> yes. in any stage of their journey. Um, yes. And so just like, yeah, it, like that, that I think was ultimately the real blessing of this process was it was just like, Hey, Nick, you are really great (laughs) you're you're really good wherever you are and like that's not an idea any longer like that's a that's a lived experience and I come you know I dip in and out of it but like that's I like I have that ground in my body now and yes uh I'm I'm so grateful that 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 happened um and, and that I was given that because the alternative was just it was just living with so much pressure and and so much more pain than, than I experienced in those two years. Um, yeah. Well, pressure's heavy. Yeah. It's a heavy burden to carry. It's a heavy burden to carry for a year. I mean, it's a really heavy burden to carry for 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't lighten. <laughs> mm. And so you said that's the blessing and you think that's the biggest blessing in all of this. What did you say is that it helped you learn to step into self-acceptance and, lo- and self-love? Yeah. God, because like, what am I doing? What are we doing? If Like, I, I think for me, it was like, uh, it gave me the capacity to let in and enjoy my life. And yes. to, I, I'm definitely like, this is an area of like very, like I'm learning quite a bit about this right now, like alignment with what feels authentic for me. And like the more I can do that, the more I enjoy my life and the more life supports me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but like at the same time, like I think in this process, it was just learning like, it was, it was a deep level of learning of that. I can, I can receive life. I don't have to be like taking all the time or, or trying to force life to fit some small mold. There's Mm. so much more to this than, than my little conceptions of the world. And, you know, so many of which were like trained, you know, taught to me. Um, And there's so much more to, to who I am. And I can let that, come 
and 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 show me the the way forward in really like and like that sounds very i don't know if it sounds very grandiose but like on a really simple level it's just like what really deeply excites me and right. where do i feel that whisper of a thrill that i can lean into and and maybe actually like you know a hint of a fear too because i think a lot of times these these authentic parts of ourselves we've been we've been taught you know to hide them or or keep them hidden and and secret and mm-hmm. so sometimes it's like a mixture of it's like a thrill where there's like some excitement some fear and um can just can lean in and and get a taste yes i love it i love how you said i love your perception or how you said it and called it receive life i always think of i'm trying to i'm teaching myself how to just take the floaty and float downstream. Like I don't want to mm. swim against the current anymore. Yeah. You know? And I love how you just called it receiving life. It's not pushing. It's not taking, it's just receiving. Cause it's always, that's the thing that's so amazing in this journey is the more that you do get aligned, the more you learn that it's that, that the universe is always for us and it's always right there waiting to give and pull us along. Yes, Totally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think for me, um, yeah, there can be this this effort to manipulate even that. I, I think, you know, because like I had been interested in spiritual things before this, this healing experience. Um, but I think that they were always, it always came through this lens of like, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, like I'll allow life to flow. But like, I know what I really want and like life should give it to me. <laughs> you know, like I know it's- I'll, I'll allow it to flow in this direction. I'll right. allow the universe to pull me this way. Yeah, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attract it right on in and let's, let's make this thing happen because we know it's good. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the, I think the, what this healing process asked of me is like, okay, is it okay that you're in pain right now? You know, this is what the universe is giving you and you don't know how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and, and I think it's not like that the, it's not, it's not any sense of punishment. It was just like, right. At all. Um, yeah. There were just, you bring that up. A lot of people feel that way. They're like, what am I being punished for? What did I do wrong? You know? Totally. And, and I think sometimes the law of attraction or, or those kind of teachings can get a little muddled in that way mm-hmm. because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I just need, you know, I'm not, I'm not hitting the right vibration. Let, let me like punish myself and like judge myself and, and like, yeah. let me find the higher vibration while, which is also tinged with like this desperate, like, I don't quite know how to do that, but I'm going to try and hopefully the universe will listen. Um, yeah. But I Absolutely. Think, oh, yeah. God, that's a rough one. Getting that fear of, oh my God, I'm, I'm feeling this emotion or I'm feeling this right now. Oh my gosh, that's like a low vibrating emotion. Oh, what am I going to be attracting? You know, you're just, it's so disempowering. It's so disempowering. We're, and it's, we're going to feel the whole spectrum of all of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so, yeah, it's so counterproductive. And, and the, the healing that's happening for me. And I think when, when there's like a, there's a physical healing going on, there's an element of it's at, it's, it's putting a limitation in our face and asking us what our relationship with our heart is and what our relationship with love is. Mm. And, and can we, can we allow that to blossom? And, and when that can blossom and when we can feel that, that, that connection with ourselves then like yeah we were talking about like you can you can receive life and and i think oftentimes like even with like <laughs> this idea of attraction um there can be this this like pulling in of like these these desired experiences but there's also a question of like is your nervous system open to really letting that in like if if you want like a really powerful love relationship is it something that you that feels soft and open for you? Like, is that is that an authentic excitement, or or is it like something that you're, you know, reaching really hard for and um, want it just to ex- escape pain? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's if it's something that's a grasp, then it's it's going to get a little tangled, and actually getting there is going to be tough, and and the process is 
a little different if you're approaching, you know, you're kind of following where your authentic impulses are for what, what you truly feel drawn to in a way that feels soft and, and loving with yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, I love everything you just said. And I love how you explained it. I just, you have a really good way of explaining this concept of the relationship with the heart and love. I don't know, it was really beautiful. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good, it's just a good perspective that you hold now. Thank you. So uh, I want to, I guess I want to really quick ask you, you told me you're definitely, you would consider yourself a hundred percent healed um, as far as the physical is concerned. And I, I'm yeah. cu so curious, at what point did you feel that way? Like at what point did you just know? <laughs> yeah, I think the time, the time that I felt that way, um, that's a good question. I mean, it might, you might not have, like, I don't know. There's a lot of, totally. a lot of times where it just kind of organically happens. And one day you wake up and you realize, holy crap, I've been doing really well. <laughs> yeah. I think there were two elements. One was when I started to notice that the, I mean, one was when I started to notice that the symptoms were receding and I was like, oh, I must be doing something right. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and that was very empowering. But I think also um, the experience of, I, I just started making all these decisions in my life where I was like, I'm just going to move forward. Um, where before I think, where, yeah, like I said, I had been at this crossroads and I was like, okay, like I've, I have these plans to do all these things that don't feel good to me, <laughs> you know? And, and the alternative to that at the time felt like this gaping void of like, I don't know what I'm going to do if all my plans aren't, you know, the right plans. Yeah. Um, and so I was just stuck in this like rock and hard place where I was like, I can't move forward, but I can't really do anything else. And, uh, and I, I think the, the, the period where I felt like better or healed, like there, there was some physical healing that had happened. Um, there was also this point where I just started making changes where I was like, I changed a job. Um, I, I moved to a new area um, where I, there was this beautiful community and I just started engaging with that community and just like leaning into living a life more. And, and that's, I think the time when I felt, uh, you know, it was an authentic pull of like, I just need to create these changes and I'm af afraid of them, honestly. And I don't know if it's the right thing. And I had just been waffling back and forth. And I think, I, I mean, I, this is a bit of an aside, but a thing that helped me there was I, I just read this, it was this book on decisiveness and, and talking about how decisiveness is a, is a learned behavior. It's not a, it's yes. not a characteristic that's Correct. inborn and that, that the best thing you can do with making decisions is just to make them make them <laughs> and just yeah. trust that you have the capacity to change anything that, that happens afterwards rather than this, like it comes, comes with that perfectionism mentality that I had like really, I had a really good perfectionism mentality, <laughs> um, a very strong where like, I was like, okay, pros and cons. I'm going to think through every aspect of this decision and I'm going to like, but you can't, you can't know the future and no, you can't know what you'll experience. So you just, you trust in yourself more than you try to just like figure out all the things. And, you, and so I just went and there are aspects of that experience that were, that it was perfect. And there are aspects now that I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to move again. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great though. But it's not permanent. Right. Exactly. And yeah. So caught up thinking it yeah. is, you know, in that indecision, that need for the decision to be this perfect right decision when there's no such thing. Yeah, absolutely. And ho yeah, holding ourselves to these, these wild standards. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I mean, what's that say? The only way through is through. So the only way to learn to be decisive is to be decisive. Yeah, totally. You know, that's the, that's changing neuroplasticity of the brain. That's literally rewiring pathways. Yeah, it felt like a totally new experience. That is for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I love too that you were like, oh, and I'm just going to make the decisions. And, you know, if the pain is there, hey, you're coming with me. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, totally. It was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I know you're going to be there. You're definitely coming with me, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. I know how to do well, this. It seems now. like it served its purpose, though. I mean, it seems like it really helped you to not step into this path that clearly was not aligned with your truth. It totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's I'm, always there. It's always there for our good. It's just hard to see it and feel it in the moment. Yeah. I, yeah, it was a big gift. It was a big gift. Is that your biggest? Is, would you call that your biggest gift? Hmm. Huh. I, I would say that it's definitely one of them. I think my biggest gift is that I, I just feel this deep sense of magic and beauty in this world that I just have no doubt about. I know it's there. And, and like, I can have doubts about like whether I can pay my rent or, uh, you know, like, or like, you know, whatever, um, buy a new car or something like that. But, um, I know that that is there. Uh, and I think that's probably the greatest gift that I, I, I'm grateful for. That's awesome. Magic is real. Magic is real. We're magical. I believe that. <laughs> Me too. Um, so what are you up to these days? What are you up to now in the world? Yeah, um, I, I do coach people. So... I work with sensitive individuals, whatever, like heart-led sensitive individuals who want to really channel their gifts to create relationships and uh, lean into their passions, into the life that they feels most authentic for them. Mm. That's and awesome. Otherwise, running around like an animal. That's <laughs> like connecting with as many people and uh, horses and dogs that I possibly can. Horses and dogs. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Best teachers. I haven't had much experience with horses, but I feel like I want to lately. I just keep thinking about them. They're Any so dogs, they're my jam. Yeah, they're so magical. In terms of like just like raw nervous system relaxation and like teaching being really grounded, I just I can't I can't think of a better teacher. They're such good medicine for me. Just to like mm. I it's just being in their presence. Like I don't need to ride them. <laughs> Um, although that can be fun in the right circumstances, it's just like just going and standing next to a horse while they eat hay, <laughs> connecting oh, with them. That's so awesome! It's like there's such a a grounded and connected, like a deep desire, innocent desire for connection that really, yeah, it really touches my heart. And yeah, I love it. I've been like wanting to just. I have a friend who has horses and I've been thinking maybe I could ask her if I could just come and like groom them or brush them or yeah. just have an experience with them because I don't know, they're just speaking to me. <laughs> I, yeah, I totally get it. Uh, <laughs> and I totally support it. Uh, where can people find you these days if they feel connected to your story and, uh, you know, whether or not they just want to connect with you or they're interested in your coaching and learning more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think honestly, like I honestly, I just love creating, uh, fascinating fun connections and conversations um that's that's what my coaching is based on um but if people want to like just play with that if that resonates um yeah so my you can find me i'm on instagram at nick underscore shrewsbury um or people can just email nick.shrewsbury1 at gmail.com yeah all right that's awesome so I have one final question. Please. For the listeners out there, for anybody who is, you know, kind of in the, in the brunt of it, whatever they're dealing with, if it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's them feeling like they're just stuck in this life that doesn't resonate with them because they're reliving these same patterns over and over and they don't know how they got there, you know, or they are in the brunt of physical illness or pain in their body. Do you, what would be the message you would send them if they're just, they're just, they don't know the direction to go and they don't know what's next and they just need to hear some, ins some inspiration, a mm. message, what would your message be? Mm. Jasmine, I love that question. That's so beautiful. <laughs> my, my message would be, you are so worthy and you're so good and you're so worthy of love and all the things that you dream. 
and find that find that feeling it's totally possible and it's a beautiful place to start mm-hmm. beautiful it's true we are every single person is so worthy and so good as you say yeah so oh and i actually want to add an addendum in the middle love. yeah in the middle of all the mess like it's just yeah like your heart is good and it takes accepting the pain that's there to to find that that connection and it's it's a lovely thing yeah yeah thank you for sharing acceptance is a it, it to me acceptance is an act of self love yeah yeah i always try to remind myself and people that love is love is yes it's a felt emotion but love is very much um an, an a verb it's an action and i remind myself every day that like what would be acts of love like if what what would i choose to do today that is loving to myself yeah you know acceptance is a very much an act of love that's beautiful awesome nick i'm so grateful for your time today and your wisdom and just the way you have with words and your ability to, um, you know, your, your courage even to be, to be vulnerable and willing to share your story, your thoughts, and the way that you have articulated and explained this connection with love, acceptance of uh, self and just self-love. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on Jasmine. It's a, it's a beautiful space you're creating. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, enjoy the day. Thank you. Same to you. All right, self-healers, that is a wrap. And yay for another wonderful chat from another wonderful soul. Thanks, Nick. Remember the challenge. Breathe with yourself or buddy into your heart. Self-compassion. You're worth it. And until next time, make this week great.